This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Tom Fitzmorris with the second course of The Food Show. It's our program about eating, restaurants, cooking, wine, and everything else that you might love. Our telephone number is 260-6368, 260-6368. What do we talk about today? I don't, you know, the only thing that comes to my mind is uh, in the past, on Martin Luther King Day, uh, we, and this was even going back to before the, uh, the holiday was uh, set, uh, that we would talk about uh, soul food that day, you know, because, you know, there's the obvious connection there. But I always felt uneasy about that. Because, uh, for a couple of reasons, but the, the most important of which is that when you talk about uh, soul food, what you're really talking about, although, you know, who's to say it doesn't just go the other way around, uh, is New Orleans food. Because, uh, you know, this is one of the homelands of all of that kind of cooking. It's not uniquely ours, but ours is a, a very big part of it. And uh, this being the best eating town in America, it kind of all adds up. So uh, since we weren't here yesterday, I thought, well, here's the day. Let's pick up that subject and come back and uh, answer some questions or, or just uh, tell me what your thought is about it. Uh, what is a dish that you have or a restaurant that you go to? that you think serves or is really, really great soul food. Now, I must tell you, I think that soul food and Creole food are so completely in t tied with one another that it's hard to really to tell, you know, where, is it, where does it stop being this and start being that? Uh, so it winds up, you know, if you want to say, well, what's the best soul food dish in town? What's the best soul food restaurant in town? You also will have the best uh, Creole restaurant in town. Uh, and that uh, uh, covers uh, pretty much the entire range. But uh, we can put that out there. Uh, and if you're, you had some thoughts about it, places that uh, you could go to that had that style of cooking or maybe a new take on it that makes it completely different. Uh, I... Uh, the, the, the part of this that I remember most fondly was uh, very early on in my career. In fact, I don't know if it could be fairly said that I even had a career back then, but I was uh, one of the students of Richard Collin, who went under the name The Underground Gourmet. He, he wrote a column in the Times-Picayune, actually in, well, let's see, I don't think he ever did it for the Times-Picayune. He did it for the state's item for a long time. And before he did that, he also uh, published the first really critical guidebook in the history of New Orleans. And he went in there and he said, this is, you know, this is not some silly uh, kind of stupid 
a place where they fancy everything up and it, it's all a bag of gas and there's nothing much to it. He he would say, I'd, I'd much rather go to, and then he'd mention some little neighborhood place that had red beans and fried chicken and uh, black eyed peas and, you know, and cabbage and the entire range of all the things that we tend to think of as soul food. And he pushed that really hard. And uh, uh, as a result of that, a lot of people started going into neighborhoods that they had never been in before and found that it was indeed really great eating and a, a, a wonderful part of the city. And they see, you know, how did we let this go our entire lives? I was lucky enough that I was grown. I was grown. Yeah, I, sometimes I'm groaning, but that I, I grew up in the Treme section. And so we were kind of in the middle of all of that. And it all seemed normal to us. And it was. So anyway, I just uh, I put this all out there on the table to be uh, commented upon or to be ignored as you wish. As all ways around here, if you want to talk about anything at all about dining out, about restaurants, or if you have a report about a place that you went to that uh, pleased you mightily or one that uh, displeased you a whole lot, uh, call us and tell us about it, 260-6368. Or if you just want to talk about food in general, you know, the, some restaurant you you went to a long time ago, it's not around anymore. Uh, whatever is on your mind, it's always welcome here. And uh, even if we happen to be talking about something else at the time, uh, just ignore that because uh, we will move over to any other topic. Just all we need to have is somebody say, hey, I want to talk about whatever. Yeah, go right ahead. Let's go. Let's do it. So, hey, let's go. Call me, 260-6368. If you are shy and you don't think you can handle calling a totally harmless human being like me, uh, and because uh, you, you you, you're not going to walk away from this with, a, with any kind of problem. Uh, if, if you want to do that, but you'd feel like, uh, you you feel funny talking on the, on the radio, uh, you know. It just seems unnatural or weird or something. I have another way of doing it, and here's how it is. You, if you were to send me an email to tom at nomenu.com, I will read your letter. I will act on it if there is something to be acted upon, uh, or if you ask a question. And I will not do it immediately because immediately I'm doing this program right now and it's until it's off. I, you know, obviously can't write you anything. But I will get around to it and I will answer the question if I know the answer. And then we can uh, go forward a, a little more enriched than we were. Here's one that came in a couple of days ago. There was a guy who asked me about a family-owned restaurant where they had a big guy who was on the staff whose nickname was Tiny, but he was everything but. He was a a rather large guy, Tiny was. And the the restaurant was somewhere on Metairie Road, uh, and the person who wrote this said, between between, uh, City Park, I think that's what he said, uh, between City Park and uh, uh, Severn, and that's that. Well, that's just about the entire length of uh, Metairie Road. And he said it was, you know, a neighborhood place, and uh, they had a variety of different kinds of beans every day. And they had a sign that said, uh, uh, "Lift up your plate," and and then they, it sounded like kind of a cafeteria operation. 
This did not ring a bell with me at all. He said it was from the 1980s that they were around and that his family went there. I just don't remember that. Uh, That doesn't mean anything to me. Anybody out there listening knows what this might be? Once again, this is a restaurant on Metairie Road, somewhere between uh, Severn and City Park uh, or thereabouts, and a neighborhood restaurant, and they had a guy named Tiny working there who was actually a pretty big guy. That, uh, once again, I just, that doesn't tell me anything uh, particularly, but maybe somebody knows out there. Metairie Road over the years, has not ever been a great dining area in our city. It seems like it ought to be. I mean, it is one commercial uh, building after another the entire length of the street. And now there are a lot of restaurants there, uh, but historically it has not had a lot of restaurants most of the time. And so uh, nothing much developed. And even the restaurants that have been there for quite a while They have a nasty habit of just closing all of a sudden for no apparent reason. So anyway, we could get into that, too. My question is, what's your favorite place on Metairie Road? Do you dine out anywhere on Metairie Road? Anyone that you really like a lot? Share it with us, would you? I sure wish you would. 260-6368 is our telephone number. And uh, if anything, if there's something else you want to bring up and uh, it doesn't fit any of the things that I just told you, Uh, Just go ahead and call me. I mean, really, we do not uh, make people pass some sort of test. Chino, check out. Tell me what you're going to say first, and then I'll let you say it. No, we don't have that rule here. We would just great to hear from you and uh, uh, give us a call. I do know that everybody is depressed as a result of of uh, Saturday afternoon, Uh, but uh, but that's this is the wrong show for that. We have. all the guys over in the sports department, uh, they are running around just chatting each other up today. Everybody's outraged by what happened, but I can't talk to you about that because I, I, don't, know, I don't know what I'm talking about. So uh, I direct you over to the, um, over on the big W, the big W, did I just say that? On uh, the big 870 uh, WWL, and they are talking that up like, uh, like crazy. I'm sorry, who did you say is there? Uh, Dave. Dave, welcome to the food show. Hey, Tom. Hi there. Uh, Hi. You know, there was a famous movie in the 60s where yeah. the big W was a uh, uh, sort of a punchline. Or, the or big W? <laughs> yeah, it was a movie called... It rings a, a bell. <clears throat> it was a movie called It's a Mad, Mad, oh, Mad, oh, Mad oh, oh, that's a fantastically <laughs> funny movie. Yeah, incredible cast. Spencer Tracy was yeah. in there, and there was, and they were hunting treasure, and it was under the big W. And, yeah, and that's right. When, yeah. When they, I don't know why I didn't remember that immediately, but yeah. Well, well, you might have been, but you just didn't know it. And, you know, no, I, I, I've, I've watched it five or six times, and and it goes on for over three hours. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my did you know they they had uh, uh, they actually had cut off about forty five more minutes. But see, can well, you imagine how long the original was? Wow. Well, I, I can't imagine that because the cast was so big. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that I'm sure, like, Milton Burrow was in it. And anyway, Jack Benny uh, to, yeah. in his car. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was, you, you were talking about the restaurant on Metairie Road. Yeah. And it, it might have been 
a place right as you pass under the causeway overpass on Metro Road. There was yeah. a place called Mama Mama Masons. Mama and Masons. It was, hmm. And it was uh, on the right-hand side heading right before you hit Severn. Mm-hmm. And you you walked up to a window. And, and it was it was a home-cooking kind of a place. Uh-huh. And it, there was a huge man on the other side of the window with a little hat on. And he you just gave him your order. And he kind of served it up and pushed it out the window. Yeah. And this would have been around 1979, 1980 when I went mm-hmm. there. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that sounds like what this guy might be looking for. Yeah, tiny little place, but it was uh-huh. actually really good, you know. And uh, But this guy, tiny, it kind of sounds, I don't know his name or anything like that, although it, it just sounds like that. Mm-hmm. It might have been it might have been that place or something like that. But Metter Road had... Uh, a whole handful of places. Yeah, like little neighborhood la- neighborhood places in stores. I mean, like uh, uh, corner groceries would also have a deli where they would actually cook a couple of dishes every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Gennaro's was there and, and a few other joints. Yeah, but yeah. it was, uh, you know, I worked, I worked on Causeway for a while in 1979, and I remember spending a lot of time around there. And I remember that place specifically. There was a mm. grocery store on the other, right at the very end. And I don't remember the name of that. Zupa or Zupardo or something like that. It was started with a Z. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a classic, you know, mannery grocery store. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Very good. Well, I think you you may have found the answer to this. That fits everything he told me. So uh, I'll I'll send an email to him and, and we'll find out. Okay, well, I, yeah. I win the prize then. Whatever the well, prize is, I win. I you know, this is my own uh, belly-aching uh, uh, <laughs> issue. Uh, they, they, the, the management, uh, in coordination with the Federal Communications Commission, uh, looks down upon the kind of giveaways that we would give away. In other words, it's well. so complicated to give away something that uh, we're almost in trouble before we even start. It's just, uh, I, I, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I would. I, I, there's all kinds of things that people offer me all the time to give away. You know, like the restaurants will give away lunches and dinners for two. And they, they, I can't get them to do it because they have to get involved in all this rigmarole themselves. So yeah, we give away yeah. free information. That's that's what's just been pointed out to me. That is a fact. Yeah. Well, you're probably already in trouble. So oh, <laughs> well, we'll, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. Thank you very much. See ya. I think we may have found the answer to that guy's question. I love when that happens. Uh, It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmaurice. Thanks for being here talking about eating and restaurants and cooking and wine and all of that. Our number is 260-6368, And whatever has been eating you uh, at your house or what you want to eat or what uh, what you are feeding to other people, uh, tell us about it. If, if it's a restaurant or a dish that you think is really great, so great that already everybody knows about it, just its fame precedes it, and there are uh, just so many good things that you can say about it. So you figure there's no real need to talk about it on this radio show because obviously these places don't need any more help. Well, that ain't true. And... If a, a restaurant stops getting buzz, if nobody talks about it, if no uh, writers ever write about it, if you don't hear about it on the radio, if you don't, you know, all the different ways that the word gets out as to where the good food is, 
you might think it's all there and it's nothing that anybody needs to worry about, but that is not true. You, uh, if there is a restaurant out there that you really love, if you want to keep it going so that uh, 20, 30, 50 years from now you can still go there and still have the kind of experience you always liked, uh, you better uh, talk about it any way you want to just friends or you could call us here on the air and we'll get the word out. And uh, this will make the restaurant business ever more, uh, ever more successful. And that you know, might seem like of not too much concern to you because it's not your restaurant, but it really is a nice thing to do. And the restaurateurs will love you for it. And if you're a real regular in there you, and you tell them, you know, I just called the radio over there and told them uh, how good I thought your restaurant was, uh, you will have a restaurateur be one of your friends. And believe me, that's a nice thing to have going on in your life. Our number is 260-6368. Call us and tell us what you've been eating lately or what's cooking or what you want to get around to. Uh, Because of the date and the way the calendar breaks out, I thought we would maybe get into our annual consideration of soul food slash Creole food, which personally I consider as being exactly the same thing. Uh, so, uh, Tom, this means that you grew, uh, grew up eating that, and yes, that is a fact, and uh, I love it. I love every bit of it. And it's one of those things, you know, sometimes the very fact that some food is good even though it's inexpensive and doesn't involve any really special ingredients, uh, it, it, that is a mark for it. If the only way you can get a good meal is to spend a whole lot of money on it, and sometimes you spend a lot of money on it and you don't eat, get it even then, this tells you something about w- what are the rens- uh, restaurants that need most to be justified and to be uh, talked about a bit more. And so. I ask you to do that, if you wouldn't mind. If you have a good good restaurant, let's get the whole world to know about it. Uh, they won't take a table away from you. Don't worry about it. Just make a reservation a half hour earlier than you ever did. You probably don't even need to do that. Anyway, and, and give us a report on wherever it is that you have gone that has been really good or really bad. You know, if you go to a place that is, <coughs> excuse me, um, a real... A dinger, um, you know, uh, we, we don't want to be mean about it, but, you know, I think these, you know, the restaurants need to be told these things. 260-6368. 260-6368. It's half past the hour. Love talking to you about food and restaurants and stuff. I mentioned a couple of minutes ago in a commercial about Trinas. We are doing an Eat Club dinner over there sometime fairly soon. Uh, I'm not sure when. Uh, let's see. There was one one other thing. Oh, uh, but by this time tomorrow, I will have something to tell you about. Uh, Antoine's, I am told, is going to have a new uh, chef. Okay. That might sound like a big deal. Maybe not. Uh, but uh, what does that mean? I'll tell you what. Name me the chef who has been there all along. Nothing, right? You, you, don't, you don't have this idea. What about the guy before him? No, him neither. Okay. What about the guy before him and the guy before him? I tell you what, let's go back 100 years, and you tell me the name of any 
chef who's ever worked at Antoine's. Now we all know it's a it's a great place to work, but it it operated in a in what was the current way of running a restaurant in those days back when they first opened in the 1800s. And it has evolved over the years, but one of the ways in which that has been the case is that they have never really had an all-important chef the way that restaurants do now. Restaurants, uh, now if you are, are you know, trying to get yourself taken seriously, you can't show up there and say, well, we don't have a chef. You know, we, uh, we get guys who start off as dishwashers and they work their way up and, uh, and then they finally get that. Uh, restaurants like that very rarely uh, get up in the annals of dining out around the world or around the country or around the neighborhood for that matter. And so uh, you didn't hear about them. But uh, I think Antoine's is uh, deep into the biggest changes they have ever made there. They have seen uh, just in recent years that you can take a restaurant like that and make changes to it and make even big changes to it and, and find out that still it hasn't ruined the place at all. It doesn't have to be exactly the same for the rest of uh, uh, eternity. And it was just a matter of time before we would see that. But I do know, I don't know who the chef is. I'm going to find this out tomorrow. Unless, I don't think it's been publicized anywhere. They're having a big fuss over it tomorrow. And then we're going to see some things about the interior of the restaurant. I don't think they've changed the, the most cherished areas in there, like that, uh, that big red-walled room in the back, that huge, huge dining room. Uh, I think, though, that they have made a lot of changes in that first room, which has always been a beautiful room, but it's not well-liked because it's right up front, and the whole, all the traffic coming in and out of the restaurant just goes right past your table, which is no fun. So a lot coming up at Antoine, so make sure you listen to the program tomorrow because I will have a close, you know, like straight from the, from the, uh, from the whose mouth? What was that cliché? What did that? Uh, anyway, from the lion's mouth? No, from the lion. It might have been that actually. Uh, anyway, I'll tell you tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll tell you what's uh, going to be happening at Antoine's. But I do know that for the last couple of years they have been undertaking some really deep changes in the way the place operates and the way it looks. I don't expect that their food's going to change hugely, but I think it could. It, there's room for that. Uh, or would you rather just see it be the same all the time or any other restaurant? You know, uh, the one that proved that it could be done was Arno's. When Arno's took over from the, from the previous management, previous owners, uh, they... Uh, they were run by a guy who was so smart. As a matter of fact, today, I think, is the day that he was born. Wait, I'm going to have to look this up now. <clears throat> uh, 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 let's see if I can find him in here. I, in yesterday's, it might have been in, in today's newsletter, I have a little piece about uh, Archie Kasbarian, who was the guy who took over from the daughter of Count Arno. And he turned that place around. He almost lost it because there was a depression going on at the time. But he survived it, and it, it, here we are after all these years, and its consideration as being one of the great, great, great restaurants of New Orleans. They're still doing that. And uh, 
Hats off to Arno's. That's an underrated restaurant to me. Archie Kasbarian, today was the day he was born in Egypt, of all things, in 1936. He, uh, before he got into Arno's, he had been, uh, gosh, a, a career that spanned much of the whole world. I mean, he was, he was uh, all over the place, through Europe and every place else you could know. In 1978, he bought Arno's and he restored it and just did a magnificent job of that. It's the, the best renovation I've ever seen in a major restaurant. Just fantastic. Very sophisticated man, knew his way around, and uh, he had the good taste of having a daughter and a son and a wife, all of whom were as good as at running a restaurant uh, as he was. And they're still running it, and it's still great. As a matter of fact, I think Arno's is better than it's ever been. And today is Archie's uh, birthday. What a guy. He was just one of, the, one of my favorite people in the business. Really, uh, really had class in everything he did. 2606368. Today in, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what year it was. Coors, like who cares? But a lot of people like it. Okay. Coors started selling beer in aluminum cans today, but I think you might be surprised to hear what that day was. Uh, what else did they have it in? I guess in, uh, in bottles, right? And, uh, and oh, the, the other thing that went on is that uh, Coors was strictly out in the West, you couldn't get it if you lived in New Orleans or if you lived on the East Coast. It just wasn't out there. They only they limited themselves to uh, Western, the, mainly in the mountain in the mountains at that, and uh, it gave it the a panache of excellence that it really, at least if you ask me, it didn't deserve. But everybody said, "Oh man, you haven't lived until you've had a Coors beer." I remember guys I used to work with who used to say that all the time, and then when I finally had it. I said to myself, what is this? Also, good note uh, is Colorado uh, Kool-Aid. Colorado Kool-Aid. And it's also, um, there's a great joke about, uh, about this, but there's no way in the world I'm going to say it on the radio. Uh, I, I will on the radio say that today is National Gratin Vegetables Day. You know, I, uh, that gives us something to celebrate, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you. because Well, you, you know, you go to restaurants, especially steakhouses, and they, they always have uh, au gratin potatoes. They have au gratin broccoli, au gratin uh, cauliflower, au gratin anything you want to have. And that seems to be getting more and more and more popular. You know, it, it, it hits me. It's, it always has hit me. So, well, couldn't they think of something else? Yeah, well, it's not my favorite thing, but my wife loves it and just always gets at it. And then there's, you know, macaroni and cheese, which is basically, but that's not a vegetable, is it? Macaroni? See, I don't the think so. The thing is that you've <laughs> got to put up with their cheese. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm looking at this next thing because somebody mentioned it to me and I, I didn't know. It, it turns out it was something my wife said in, in an article she wrote. Uh, she said it's widely reported on the web that today is also National Blonde Brownie Day, uh, also known as just plain blondies. This is uh, another manifestation of white chocolate. Uh, that's the scourge of the chocolate-loving population because it is considered, and I think rightly so, 
that white chocolate isn't even chocolate. It's not chocolate of, at, at all. Because the thing that makes chocolate brown and, and deep in color uh, is just not in it at all. If you have white chocolate, that's the thing that the flavor comes from the, from the exact same things that makes, make it brown. So you take the brown thing out and you've lost it. National Brown Brownie Day. That's hard to say. I'm glad I don't have to say it very often. Bird's Eye, Indiana is uh, in the southern tip of the state of Louis of uh, uh, Indiana. I used to have a girlfriend who was from there, and her, her dad her dad and I became pretty good friends. He's uh, one of my favorite people. He has the best name I've ever seen bestowed on a human being. His name was, and he still is as far as I know, uh, Graham Kriker. Isn't that a great name? Anyhow... Uh, Bird's Eye, Indiana, down on the southern tip of the state of Louisiana, uh, of uh, Indiana, rather. It's almost directly on the grits line. I don't think we've talked about the grits line very much lately. Here's uh, what that is. Uh, if you can imagine on a, a map of the United States, a line that you draw on it, let's start in, uh, let's start just north of Washington, D.C., so this will come off the top of the border between Washington, D.C. and Maryland. And then it heads west. And as you go, it tends to go a little bit uh, more northerly. And you can determine where the grits line is at any given time by finding a restaurant, calling them up, uh, the kind of restaurant the, uh, like a roadhouse, like a diner. And you ask them, do you, uh, when somebody comes in and orders a basic breakfast of, of eggs and biscuits and, you know, all the bacon and all that, do you serve hash brown potatoes or do you serve grits? And if the answer is grits, then this goes below to the south of the grits line. And if, it's, if the answer is that it's uh, potatoes, then it's north of the grits line, and that's how you can divide the entire country. And near as I can tell, um, it starts just north of, of uh, Washington, D.C., and then goes pretty much through the upper levels of Virginia, it clips off only a very small part of West Virginia, and then gets that last little pile uh, down there at the end, the southern end of Indiana. Same is true of, of Illinois. Up, up in the northern part of Illinois, it's, it comes across as pretty southern up there. And then it drops down precipitously, kind of avoids uh, uh, Oklahoma, and then catches most of Texas and goes into, um, goes into Mexico, uh, not far away from, uh, oh, what's the name of that town? It's uh, right on the Rio Grande River, and I can't think of the name of it. But uh, that's where the grits, end, uh, grits line ends. So if you were in bird's eye, chances are it's uh, right on the grits line. Brownsville, that's the one I was looking for. No, no, wait, no. I'm sorry. No, it isn't either. It's, uh, it's farther west than that. My wife has a hilarious uh, article that, let's see, I think it's going to be in tomorrow's newsletter. As a matter of fact, I'm sure it is. 
uh, she and my daughter went to the, the Saints game. They weren't going to the game, of course. They were just circulating out in the streets and making their way back and forth from this restaurant to that restaurant and found places where you can uh, be and watch the game, but from the outside. And they had a, a pretty good time doing that, except that they had an argument with somebody who wanted to take over their table. And it sounded, well, let's just say I'm glad I wasn't there at the time. And I don't know how that turned out, but uh, anyway, she wrote something about that uh, it, and gave it to me, and there it's going to be. 260-6368. Well, you have in, in your letter also is the feast day of uh, St. Vincent of Saragossa. Oh, uh, that's today, I think, isn't that it? That is today, yes. Yeah? The patron saint of grape growers. Oh, is he? Yes, oh, uh, that, he Well, we've got to take our hat off to him then because... You know, you, you find grapes and things that are made with grapes all over both testaments. Mm -hmm. uh, seems to be something that we And there are a like. whole lot of Vincents who are connected with food in this area, too. Oh, is that the truth? Including a restaurant called Vincents. Mm -hmm. We have two of those. That's a great restaurant, by the way. I haven't been there in ages. I'm overdue. And they really feed you, too. If you've ever, ever been to, to Vincents, if you have never... And you live in Uptown, near the Riverbend section. Uh, then you surely should have gone to that one by now. It's really good. I, I do give you a warning. It's always packed, always full, and always really, really good. And, and a big variety of, of menu, too. So, yeah, I guess that's a, a way of looking at it. Uh, Vincent St. Vincent was from Saragossa, Spain. Patron saint of grape growers. He, uh, he is the uh, patron saint also of people who take wine and grape juice and turn it into other things like, like vinegar. And let's see, uh, it's also, this is strange. Today's the feast day of both Vincent Riccobonos, both Riccobonos. I know two guys, both of whom are named Vincent Riccobono. One of them owns the uh, pepper mill restaurant and uh, he's uh, his his father and mother had a the buck 49 pancake and steakhouse before that and then there's another guy by the name of Vincent Riccobono who runs uh, Matina Bella in Covington and this is really confusing because uh, at one time Vincent Riccobono was also kind of like the manager of the of the pepper mill and the other Vincent Riccobono was also there. And so, boy, I hate to think of the confusion about that. But anyway, they, they survived that for a long time. That's still a good restaurant. All, all, and, the, and the Pepper Mill, uh, I mean, for sure. Let's see. Let's see if we have any na food namesakes for today. These are people whose names have some food connection in them. Uh, Sir Francis Bacon, he was the English philosopher and writer who has been claimed to be the real Shakespeare as opposed to the, the fake Shakespeare who is supposed to be the guy who is up there uh, who is considered that nowadays. But now, there's been this movement for years trying to prove that uh, that wasn't really Shakespeare, that it was all faked up. I don't know. I can't buy that. But anyway, Sir Francis Bacon was his name, and he had a food name. The creamy-voiced soul singer Sam Cooke started cooking today in 1931. Boy, he was good. 
I, I, I remember when I was about nine years old thinking that he was a terrific singer, and of course he was. Chris Lemon, who was the son of Jack Lemon, and both of them were actors, uh, he was squeezed out today, you know, Lemon squeeze, uh, in 1954. Illinois Congressman Melissa Bean emerged from the pod today in 1962. The Apple Macintosh computer made the uh, which made the mouse and the graphical usage of uh, interface uh, a, a graphical u- interface that was uh, popular among everybody it's what got the computer thing going uh, he, uh, he uh, that came along on this day it was introduced during the Super Bowl in 1984 I had a computer about six months after that so I've had computers for a long time and that distresses me because I seem to be getting worse and worse and worse in my abilities to handle a computer. But uh, what are you going to do? And then uh, in our uh, words to eat by, this is, all of these are uh, all of these are uh, departments in my uh, daily newsletter, NoMenu.com. That's that's the name and the address. NoMenu, N-O-M-E-N-U dot com. You see this kind of stuff every day. Uh, this is finally. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Graham Kerr, K-E-R-R. He, had, uh, he did this thing on television called the Galloping Gourmet, and he would do recipes and stuff. He was one of the first people to get on television to, uh, to do things like that. Anyway, he was uh, heard during this show. It was a live show, so there's nothing they could do about it. He said, a squid, as you know, of course, has ten testicles. That's <laughs> what he said. It's, uh, but nobody could do anything about it. Uh, tentacles is, of course, what he wanted to say. David is over here on the green phone. David, welcome. Hi, Tom. Hi there. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. You got me with the Shakespeare thing. Oh, yeah? You have a, an opinion uh, on that? Uh, well, I it's hard to have an opinion about something that happened so long yeah, ago. There's also the theories that Christopher Marlowe was the yeah. writer. Yeah, of, I've heard uh, that one, too, yeah. That he faked his own death, and that all the theories are based around these mm. other guys being born of noble birth, and it would look bad to write such earthly yeah. poetry or something like that. Yeah, or it might be but, some um, statement that some uh, somebody's trying to lay down that you have to be uh, aristocracy in order to even write anything. Yeah, I mean, and the theater that, was kind of... Uh, a, <clears throat> A, a body type of environment back then. I'll say. Not uh, that I was there, but uh. yeah, we can we can dream. I was in yeah. Galveston for the weekend, and I have a yeah? restaurant report from a lot, Galveston. A lot of yeah. lot of good places to eat, and uh, Houston has become a, a really great town, except for all the uh, chains. There's just millions of chains. What do you? Gal- like but in you're Houston? in Galveston. I know that's right near Houston. But what? Uh, I asked what you, uh, where you like to go in Houston. Oh I'm gosh, there uh, my lot. favorite place is. Um, oh darn it! I'm not going to be able to remember this. Uh, it's it's going to come to me in a minute. But it's a, a small chain, and they. My wife is in uh, Austin today, and she said there was one over there too. Uh, oh god! Anyway, it's a Mexican restaurant. And they have all the really good stuff, the mole poblano and all of those great sauces that they do over there. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I've always really liked the Mexican food in Houston as much as anywhere. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I went to a place called Guido's, which is uh, evidently a classic old Italian kind of seafood. It sort of reminded me of Andrea's a little bit, uh, right on the water, and it was great. It was I really, really could recommend it. Yeah, I could it. believe that. Uh, you know, they're really into doing a lot of sort of semi-New Orleans and, and Louisiana kind of food around there, because they have... Totally. Crawfish and oysters and all that. They're right on the coast, just like we are. So they use it. The, the oysters were not as good as the ones we've been getting here. They just had less flavor. I thought I got them in three different yeah. places, and they were all... Mm. Not, I wasn't too impressed and with any of it. They were okay. But, yeah, yeah. And the crawfish, I'm pretty sure the one place I was in that was serving crawfish, they, they didn't look right. It's still kind of early but, uh, on the scene. Yeah, is it? When yeah, is the yeah. when is the beginning of that? Or oh, when do you think officially, it will be this year? I know it changes. Uh, yeah, uh, officially, it's Thanksgiving to the Fourth of July, but they don't really start getting good until March and April. Yeah, uh, and then uh, that's that's the story there. And we have run out of time, but thank you for all of okay. our all of your comments. Thank you. Uh, that brings our program to a call, uh, to a to an end, or what am I talking about? Anyway, we will be back here tomorrow and do it some more, and I'll give you all the big news about Antoine's, which I will collect right before I, we come over here and do our, our show with you again. Thank you very much for listening, and have a good night and have a good dinner, too. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.